the number one lesson is, is empathy. You're supporting and leading human beings and you have to create a supportive environment. It's really important to tend to the people in, on your team as human beings. Welcome to Virtually Live by Cultura. In this podcast, we'll try to sum up all the latest and greatest in marketing, and specifically in event marketing. To help us do that, we've invited prominent marketing and business leaders to share their most important lessons and give their best predictions for the coming years. In this episode, how everyone's favorite video hub learned to video stream their events too, and how did they manage to do it in as little as a month. Here are Suyong Kim, YouTube's Head of Global Brand, Programs and Experiences, and Rui Kaufman, Kaltura's Senior Director of Digital Marketing and Growth, with the details. Hi everyone, uh, we're super excited to have you here for uh, this session now and joining us uh, virtually live. Uh, my name is Roy Kaufman, I'm the Director of Digital Marketing and Growth at Kaltura, and I'm speaking to you virtually live uh, from a beautiful view of Tel Aviv skyline. Um, with me today is YouTube Head of uh, Global Brand Programs and Experience, Suyong Kim. Hi, Suyong. Hi, Roy. Hi, everyone. Hi. I'm coming to you virtually live from New York City. Great. And how are you today, uh, Suyong? I'm doing well. It's a nice fall day. Nice, nice. Yeah. Uh, so uh, we're a bit far away, but it's uh, very happy we can do it together. Um, so can you tell us a little bit before we start about your role uh, at YouTube? Uh, what does it include? Sure. I lead uh, global programs and experience for YouTube ads marketing. Um, on our team, we say experiencing is believing, and we apply that to pretty much um, everything we do across, uh, across digital events, um, social, live and digital to bring the YouTube brand to life across our campaigns. I'm responsible for B2B and on the events front, we show up at three third party events such as Advertising Week, VidCon, um, but we will host our own events as well, um, in, including our biggest event of the year, which is called YouTube Braincast, um, our new front event in May. So YouTube is a household name and it's been an indispensable part of our lives for almost 20 years now, right? Um, still, did COVID-19 had any effect on YouTube or your go-to-market strategy, whether it is good or bad? Um, that's uh, super interesting for me to know. Yeah, of course. I mean, even before talking about our go-to-market strategy, let's talk about uh, how it changed the way we work. I obviously work for a technology company, so we have a lot of technology at our fingertips. But even still, working from home was a complete adjustment and um you know, we had to figure out how to do this really well. From a go-to-market perspective, you know, I work at YouTube, so I know video is important. But um, during the pandemic, video became even more important. It became the way we, like live video became the way we interacted. And video became the way we really brought our message to life. So that was really important. Second, because uh, we had to lean into all of our digital channels, I think we became a lot better at using all of our channels, whether that be social, whether that be video again, um, thinking about how we amplify all of our content, um, thinking about the way our customers now and our clients now are experiencing work, experiencing our content, all from the comfort of their, their couch or their home office. Um, it really did make a huge change. That's great. Um, so I think Brandcast is, is a great use case, and I would like to deep dive a little bit more into it. Um, 
Can you first share a little bit about Brandcast, what it is for yeah. those who don't know? So YouTube Brandcast is our annual upfront event. It happens during the new front weeks, which is typically in late April or May. Um, and it's a week where not only YouTube, but a lot of the other digital players are um, showcasing uh, what they have to offer for advertisers. And our event in 2020 was supposed to be in late April. So we were far into planning our annual event, which happened at Radio City Music Hall when the pandemic hit. So um, if you can imagine, early March, very quickly, we had to pivot. Um, there's a, a meme. I don't know if you've watched Friends, but there's a meme of Ross pivoting a couch. Pivot, pivot, pivot. And that was a meme that we circulated around because that was the that was kind of the word of the year in 2020. So we moved the event twice. And we the most important thing that we did was actually rewrite our brief. Um, I didn't even have my team do it. I actually held the pen myself and rewrote a brief overnight. Um, and there were key insights that we folded into this brief about how the world had changed. Our advertising clients were at home, um, figuring out this work from home thing. No longer were they getting dressed to go out with coworkers or clients to big live events. They were at home in their stretchy pants, maybe at home with their children. <laughs> and we also know that they'd be on video conferences all day long, and that was an adjustment. So. There were a few things in our brief that were crucial to our success. We said we wanted to stand out from the sea of virtual events that were popping up, keep it short and sweet because of to fight uh, screen fatigue. And we said that specifically, we didn't want to lift and shift to take an onstage event and just record it. We wanted to bring the uniqueness of how everyone's experience on YouTube is personalized um, to life in a way that was really true to YouTube. So... Our concept ended, ended up being Brandcast Delivered. It was Brandcast Delivered to your home, to your inbox. It was personalized to your choices of content. You could choose your creator host. And instead of experiencing on it on, your, on stage, people leaned back, experienced it from their living room, their couch. <laughs> and we even sent and surprised our clients with a box of goodies from your, the creator that you choose, a personalized pizza, Mine was a gluten-free cheese pizza, and I got some goodies from Lily Singh. So we're talking about thousands of customizations for our clients. And that was a way that we were able to kind of shift our thinking about what the event could look like, a show that was at Radio City Music Hall, but make it special um, for the virtual world. Great. So you definitely checkboxed the personalization yeah. part of it. Um, <laughs> Would you, would you say that uh, virtual events such as Brandcast and others require a different skill set from teams? Or how did your team had yeah. to adapt um, for this type yeah. of events? I mean, let me say it wasn't easy. Uh, it looked from the surface that maybe we really knew what we were doing, but there was a lot of uncertainty um, and even diverging opinions about the concept and the plan. So um, definitely there were things that we had to learn to do really, really well. One of them was scenario planning. So there, at the time, if you remember in March, April, we didn't know how long this pandemic was going to go. So there were, you know, scenarios that we had to plan around. What if we were back in, in June? The event ended up being in June. What if we were back? You know, we had to kind of think through all of the different scenarios um, to make sure that our teams were safe and also 
um, to make sure that we were doing something that was right for the time. Um, the second thing was there's a difference between live event production and then um, developing content for digital. So we definitely shifted um, our teams and roles and responsibilities a little bit uh, for content production. And then I created a new work stream, which I called Driving Tune-In. And this Driving Tune-In team was responsible for making sure that we teased the event. We made sure that we had a really great Marcom plan to make sure that people were um, going to tune in the day of, because, you know, it's, 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 it's like trying to get butts in seats, but in a digital way. And this team had a very special remit that was um, brought to life because of this, the pandemic and, and the fact that we had to lean so much in digital. So interesting to know for you from a leadership perspective, um, what have you learned from all of those changes? Uh, any lessons, any takeaways, uh, also looking forward uh, uh, for other leaders in the market? Yeah, I mean, I think if I reflect on the last 18 years, I've probably grown the most as a leader um, because it was leading, it, you know, it required leading a team through a very difficult time. And the number one lesson is, is empathy. You're supporting and leading human beings and you have to create a supportive environment. Um, even for me personally, for my team and their lives, uh, the physical and well and mental well-being of our team became acutely important. And you want your team to be healthy. You want your team to be to feel safe um, in order for them to succeed as a team. So it's really important to tend to the people in, on your team as human beings. Um, second, I would say adaptability and agility. This is more that an art than a science and people struggle with change and struggle with uncertainty. And it takes uh, leadership, decisiveness and inspiration to bring people together on a very difficult journey with many twists and turns. Um, and like I said, you know, we kind of had to upskill the entire organization to do video better, to think about digital, think about the convergence between digital live. It's a beautiful thing. Um, you know, the line between where an experience ends and starts is very blurry. And, you know, it required us to be adaptable and more agile. And the last thing I'll just mention is this isn't specifically tied to the pandemic. But if you think about what happened in the last 18 months, we really witnessed a shift in the world and our culture and diversity and inclusion are absolutely crucial. And so at YouTube, our mission is to give everyone a voice and show them the world. And I, I really took that mission to heart, um, especially in the last 18 months. It's amazing that YouTube content creators um, and, and, and our content really reflect the diversity of the world. And it's what excited me to come and work for YouTube. And we can't just rely on our own teams, um, but we need to set the right tone on our teams, be bold to call out what's right, what's not right, humble to admit when um, I might realize I have a blind spot and to champion for the voices that are less heard. Nice. Um, yeah, I think it's definitely a challenging period for us all. And uh, we grew and uh, uh, really uh, uh, shifted to digital much more than we used to do before. Yeah. That's for sure. Um, so for such a huge brand like YouTube, um, how do you measure the brand? How do you keep, uh, uh, um, you know, keeping the, the, the copy paste of the brand experience into other virtual events and eventually expand like the brand awareness and the brand perception of YouTube. Um, I think for such a huge brand, right, where everyone knows YouTube, it's uh, a different challenge from 
maybe other uh, um, brands who are just trying to get more and more brand awareness? Yeah, um, that's a really good question. So I've been working in this area for a really long time. And in a way, YouTube Brandcast was, um, we just had our 10th annual one. Um, so the first digital one was the ninth year. Um, and the pandemic, in a way, gave us a little gift, a gift to reinvent ourselves. Um, and to look within and look at what really makes YouTube unique. And for us, like I said, it was the fact that your experience, what you watch, Roy, on YouTube, what I watch is very different. And we all have a personal experience on YouTube. So we got to really dig deep into that aspect of what made YouTube unique and bring that to life. So I encourage people to think about what's unique about your brand, what about your platform, your experience, and how can you infuse that into your brief, into your creative to create a unique experience that no one else can maybe copy paste? <laughs> and, um, you know, what we did, what I think was uniquely YouTube, yet we were able to also um, build something that was right for the times, which if we did it today, it might not feel right, so right anymore. So um, we kind of have to be fresh with our insights and our audience insights. Um, that how people are experiencing what we're putting out there. Um, so it has to be really timely. It has to be unique to your brand. Um, and you did ask the question about measurements. Um, and one, one thing that's really great about digital is that there are better ways to measure than um, potentially with live interactions. Um, measurement is always tough, but I always encourage everyone to think about one, what is your ultimate goal? What is the what is the ultimate goal that you want to achieve? And then I think about leading indicators and lagging indicators. Um, the simplest example that I give always is if you want to have 100 people come to your event, um, that is your that, that's your ultimate goal. That's a lagging indicator. You won't know that until the day of. But your RSVP rate, how many invites you send, how many get opened, all of those things are leading indicators, and that will help determine whether you're on the right track to achieving your um, ultimate result. So even on our team, we think about um, about see, think, do. Like we need X number of people to see. We need them to engage. What do we want them to think? How do we want to shift perception? What do we ultimately want them to do? And the do is a lagging indicator. So we think about all of the different metrics we can look at um, in the whole process. Right. There's definitely a funnel. I mean, at the end of the day, there are the people mm -hmm. who actually attend, but the reach of the event, the amount of people that actually get exposed to the event can be 10x, 100x sometimes. And people tend to uh, put all the focus on the people who actually attended the event while ignore the enormous uh, population that actually got exposed to the event. And that's also a kind of contribution on the brand mm -hmm. awareness side. So yeah, definitely. Uh, uh, performance uh, marketing is close mm -hmm. to my heart, um, and that's a great uh, uh, input. Um, so tell us about a little bit about uh, future plans uh, for YouTube. Uh, do you have any uh, upcoming events uh, that you guys are working on right now? And how do you plan to make them different from the previous ones? Where, where do you yeah, focus on them? Um, so one of the things that I think we've done is to look at our entire event portfolio and maybe focus on quality over quantity. Because like you said, Roy, right, it's not just the experience of the people who are attending live, but you can have 
all of that on-demand content and continue to reach more people afterwards. And it's a lot of work to create all of that. And our, our client's time um, is precious. So, you know, we really want to make it worth it for them. I think with the world's now starting to open up in different places, we have, um, you know, to evaluate whether it makes sense for things to be virtual. Global is much easier uh, virtually um, without travel. Um, what should be ultimately live um, and potentially networking and some more intimate types of experiences are better live. And then we've introduced this new concept called hybrid. <laughs> and frankly, there's a, 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 a big spectrum of what hybrid could be. Hybrid could be you and I are live together and then we just broadcast like a live stream. It could mean it's a digital experience, but some people experience it live. So I think that's a real unique opportunity for us to kind of think about what, what a hybrid experience could look like and what's right for the moment. And as I mentioned before, I, I can't emphasize enough um, really understanding your audience insights, what they feel comfortable with, and um, and including that in your creative brief to your creative team, because that'll determine, I suppose, what, um, you know, what a, an event in 2022 uh, could look like that might be different from one in 2021 or 2020. So um, I'm looking forward to to kind of thinking through all of the options there and designing what's right. We've done an event actually um, that was hybrid and we had a keynote uh, start last week during advertising week. We had a keynote at advertising week, which we um, was virtual and it allowed us to keep promoting it and get a lot more um, eyes on the keynote. But we also sponsored a um, concert at the Apollo Theater. And um, what was unique about that theater was that we, um, during the pandemic, uh, YouTube had partnered with the National um, Independent Venues Association and outfitted some independent venues with live stream technology, including Apollo Theater. So we knew that we could always um, also live stream the event, but thankfully we were also able to have a very dynamic um, in-person concert featuring um, Young Baby Tate, a YouTube Black Voices artist, Yendry, Jasmine Sullivan, and Mary J. Blige. And I can tell you there's something really amazing about, um, about that in-person experience as well, but we made sure that tens of thousands of other people could also experience it um, from home. So we're, we're, we're giving, we're giving it a try and seeing what works and what's right for the moment and what's right for the event. Great. Um, so Suyang, apparently our time is up. I'm sure uh, uh, we can continue <laughs> much more. Um, I think that was a super interesting session and uh, there are many takeaways for marketeers who are planning to do their future event. I want to thank you so much for joining us. Um, it's really honor for us to have you with us on this uh, session. Um, and we're looking forward um, to be in touch later on. So thank you uh, so much and see you um, in the next uh, virtual event, I guess, from your couch. <laughs> Thanks so much, Roy. It was great chatting with you. Bye-bye. Bye. Thank you to our guests, Suyong Kim, and our host, Roy Kaufman. 
Tune in next episode where we hear from Fiverr's CMO about community building and why it's an essential part of your virtual event strategy. Thanks for joining. Thank you.